Oh boy, hello. <laughs> it was uh, coughing if, uh, a tiak just at the wrong moment. Hello. <clears throat> Jello, how are you? Hello, I am just fantastic. How are you? <laughs> fantastic. This is Three Funny Ladies. And that is Susan Marie Jacobs. <laughs> and that is Joseph Beverly Bailey. <laughs> See, I used your real name. Now people can look you up. Her social security number is 739 <laughs> Oh, it's not Marie? That's not, no. It's <laughs> Michelle. That's, why I, that's right. That's why I said Beverly. <laughs> is it Michelle? It is Michelle. Really? I don't think I ever knew. I must have known that somewhere along You had to have known that because you picked an M name. Well, because on the on the Facebook, you're Susan oh, sh- M. Okay. Or maybe no. this is just your profesh, but either way. I mean, I it's had to Michelle. have known that it was Michelle. It was Michelle. It, it, it was Michelle. <laughs> it was I'm my- now changing it to Marie. <laughs> Susan Michelle Visage Jacob. <laughs> and you don't like anything. I don't like anything. Oh, I have a new person that I hate. Oh, God. But he was in one of our two movies. Oh. Welcome to the podcast, People We Hate for No Reason. <laughs> Is it, is it, is it Mark Feuerstein? Yes, it is. He's in everything. Uh, How are you? What's happening? Anything new? What's going Uh, on? uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I uh, had my immunity day uh, last week, so I'm bona fide. Nice. You bona fide. To quote Holly Hunter from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And you just had your second dose. I did. I had it on Tuesday. So two days ago, yeah. And, and what were your it effects? Laid me out. I woke up on Wednesday and I was just kind of like, you know, where it's like your skin hurts or like feels uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. you're gonna get sick. You know, I had that. And as the day wore on, I just I could not move. Like it was it was hard for me to move. Everything hurt. I started getting chills. I finally got the fever. It was one hundred point eight. Mm. Pete thought I said one hundred and eight, and I saw the color <laughs> drain from his face, and I thought he was going to shit himself. I was like, I would be dead. It's one hundred point eight. Um, but yeah, I needed help getting out of the bed so I could go to the bathroom. It was oh it was terrible. It was wow. it was real bad. And and then today I'm just kind of recovering from that. So yeah, no, it was bad. It it laid me out. It laid me out. But I'd do it all again. Yep, for sure. I'm glad you're on the mend. Yeah, I didn't I just was super, super tired and but none of those other things. BJP had his second one yesterday and seems okay. to be doing and you're okay. Fine. But right. they do say that it hits ladies worse. Uh, well, what a fucking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm glad that you're on the mend. Yeah. And that yeah, you're on so... the road to immunity. Now, the thing that is uh, disconcerting for me is I didn't, I mean, of course I realized this, but then I didn't really think about it is that, you know, we don't know how long immunity is going to last. So this will probably wear off in six months to a year. And then 
hopefully they'll have the booster shots ready to go. But it's just the thought of like, oh, this feeling of almost normalcy is going to potentially fade away yeah. and we'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, they're already work. talking about boosters. I think Pfizer is already like working on it just in case. Cause yeah, they don't know. So that's great. Yeah. 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 So we'll be living with this probably for the rest of our lives. That's great. Yeah. I good hope times. everyone's pleased with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Good job, everybody. Good job, everyone. Thanks. Chinese. Michigan in particular. <laughs> oh, take that out. Take that out. Take that out. Take, take that out. Oh, Ted Nugent has it, has COVID. Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. These I, people, I swear to God, I just can't with these people. The day before, and, just making a video about what a hoax it was. Right, right, right. Uh, he's still not getting the vaccine, he said. So, uh, okay. Well, good. Fine. One more for somebody else who's so, more Right. Deserving. Just, okay, stay on your ranch or wherever and kill deer, you piece of crap. Uh, speaking of Ted Nugent. This has nothing to do with Ted Nugent. I was going to say, speaking, I don't think I would ever expect you to have something <laughs> that could be segued from Ted Nugent. Uh, we have uh, uh, we have to make it right. So we just have a quick correction uh, oh, about God, our Rami Malik story from last week. Was it last week that oh, we talked about that? Yes. So yes. when he wrote to Rachel Bilson asking her to remove the picture, his reasoning was not because he didn't like the way he looked. It was because he just just said he's a very private person so still not super great but not as shitty as we made him sound i mean he also did not threaten her with bodily violence like we stated and no did we say that he threatened to kill her no. and her family if she did not take down the picture <laughs> well he's still a piece of shit <laughs> I don't like him any more than I did before, but I just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it, he hasn't gone up in my estimation by any yeah. by any means. <laughs> I love hating people for no good reason. <laughs> and speaking of Rami Malek, Ted no. Nugent has no. Uh, <laughs> the Oscars are coming up this weekend. Finally, this weekend, really. Monday I'm so night. curious as to how they're going to do it. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh is producing this year. He said it's going to be a joyous, remote celebration. Yeah, I don't means. know, man. So, we'll see. Are you going to watch it? Oh, for sure. Every year I watch from beginning to the bitter end. It, what, uh, is it on the ABC or the NBC? ABC. ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if I can watch it. Because my sling does not have oh, right. regular channels. Right. Which I find Except Fox. Strange. You have Fox, right? Yes. Well, yeah. And I have like CBS sports channels or like NBC sports oh, right. channels, but I don't have yes. regular. It's so like, why? Yeah. That seems very odd. Anyway, um, I'm not, I want... I'm more of a person who likes to tape them and watch them afterwards so I can fast forward through garbage. Well, that's how I have to watch them now uh, or for the last, you know, 18 years um, because BJP cannot do commercials. So we wait until as late into the ceremony as I can possibly think that it's fine to. And then we start watching it and then we invariably catch up because then we zoom through like speeches of people that we about and yeah all of that yeah. but yeah 
So, yeah, it's interesting, too. This year is like the first year that we we really had the majority of the nominated films at our fingertips, like Mm -hmm. legally. Mm -hmm. And I just can't be bothered to like watch most of them for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. I don't even know what's nominated, to be honest with you. My friend Linda, who I knew in my Los Angeles days, I still know her. Um, I don't know why I said I knew her. Uh, But she, every year... Is nominated for an Oscar. Every year she's nominated. She never wins. (laughs) And I've never heard of her before. That's so weird. You'd think I would have heard of her. She watches literally everything that is nominated, regardless of what category it is in. Oh, well, God bless her. I don't have yeah. that. I, she, no, I, she, I am so in awe of her because she will, she's a big project person. And okay. so like when we were working together in Los Angeles, her big thing was like, I'm going to read all of the 100 novels on the Modern Library's best 100 novels of our lifetime. Ah. Done. Boom. Finish that. I'm going to watch all of the best picture winners. Boom. She just finished that last year. I'm going to read a biography about every single U.S. president. Boom. Finish that. Like, I just am like, I just wish I had. I mean, I could have that tenacity, but I just don't. Yeah. I'm so lazy that the thought overwhelms (laughs) me, quite frankly. Yeah. No. I mean, very interesting, but. Yeah. She's been posting on Facebook, like when she finishes a category, like, and then she'll run through her picks and her reasonings and all of that. So it's, it's interesting. And I just wish that I had that. So like, even if it's like best sound editing, she'll watch that movie. Oh, she watches all the nominees, animated short, documentary short, all of them. Wow. Song. She'll watch the movies that the song is from. Yep. 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 Wow. So yeah, it's a, it's, I, I'm living it through her. Sure, 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 sure. Interesting. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'm just, I don't have, yeah, I don't have the tenacity or the panache or the, the any other French sounding word. I don't did know. you say panache? I did. And I know that it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. You just about. don't have the panache for that. <laughs> I don't have the je ne sais quoi that it takes. That's good. I like to, that. Um, I, do any of those things. I don't have the joie de vivre. That's what I wanted to say when I said je ne sais quoi. I was looking for but je, ne, je ne sais quoi actually works better than joie de vivre in that context. <laughs> I didn't even screw up right. <laughs> but you accidentally did it correctly then. So that, that's how most of my stuff works is I'm accidentally right. What else? Anything else exciting? Yeah, I actually, I'm going to try a little experiment here because oh. uh, I want to play a little, a sh- very short video clip. Okay. Because okay. this just uh, landed today in my email. Um, and Melissa Villasenor, who is on Saturday oh. Night Live, uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she is actually hosting the Independent Spirit Awards, which are happening tonight. Oh, By the okay. time you hear this, it, they will have already happened. Uh, but she was on Seth Meyers. I almost said Seth Green. She was on <laughs> Seth Meyers last night, probably. And she uh-huh. does an impression of Kristen Wiig that I need to share with you because... Yeah, because Kristen Wiig is one of those people I wouldn't think you could do an impression of her. Yeah, but... So we're going to try this out and see what happens. Here she is. 
I, I think I auditioned with a silly bit about how of Kristen Wiig about to go skydiving, you know, and she's just in the plane like, I changed my mind. I, <laughs> I, I'm scared. I, I don't want to go. I'm, because then I'll get stuck in a cloud and I'll have to become an angel. <laughs> wow. That one is, uh, I, I, I like want to call uh, Kristen to make sure she still has her soul. So that's that. All right. But yeah, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Because she does have that thing like, I, I don't want um, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I, <clears throat> um, and she purses her lips. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So she does. She does have. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I enjoy Melissa Villasenor. I wish she had more to do on Saturday Night Live, but. That's not my call to make, so. <laughs> call Lauren right now. Hi, Lauren. Lauren, give her something to do, for Christ's sake. Uh, here's something that we can talk about. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if you want <gasps> to see Susan and I in action, Ooh. you can go to theringwald.com and purchase yes, a ticket for the streaming production of Murder, She Podcast. You can. You should. Yeah. It's a, just a 55-minute little thing that we shot in a person. And it's not, not done on Zoom. And it, it concerns Jessica Fletcher uh, investigating the uh, mm-hmm. what might be the murder of Britney Spears. Britney Spears. I play a man. Suze plays a man. I play uh, Sheriff Amos Tupper. Or mm-hmm. Tucker, if you're reading one of the poorly written uh, preview <laughs> pieces uh, about the show. Uh, so that is at theringwall.com, and that is available through May 2nd. <laughs> May to 2nd. May to 2nd. <laughs> May, May to the 2nd of the <laughs> So there's Yeah, you that. should do that. You should do that. I have one more item that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, God. Oh, no. Here it comes. <laughs> it's about your body odor. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to have one of those conversations, like, at, at, a, at a job with an employee? Um, no. Oh, I... I didn't either. I don't know why I did like I, like I did. Oh, I girl. Was, I didn't like either. Gonna gear up and- <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let me tell you, neither have I. <laughs> but I bet they're the worst. But I did. I'm going to tell you this story. When I worked at Borders in the World Trade Center, I had just gotten promoted to like a management position. And mm-hmm. one of the booksellers was reportedly. He was a fella, little mousy fella, like one of the wispy okay. mustache, like pale sure, 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 as sure. a ghost, like blonde, sure. strawberry blonde. Yeah. And he was asking the, his female coworkers if they mm-hmm. had a tampon that he could borrow. Okay. And this happened like four or five times. So we had to call him into the office. And have that conversation with them. I was a nervous wreck. It was my first time doing one of those difficult conversations. Uh-huh, oh, uh-huh. it was terrible. But he admitted to it. He was doing it. So we had to write him up and just, uh, it was just so uncomfortable. But hold on. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. I think he just got his jollies out of it. I think he was just getting some sort of thrill, some sort of charge of asking them if he could borrow a tampon. A new tampon? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I don't look, I don't so know. Wait, 
I don't know. Where my mind goes, where my mind goes is that he was transgender. No, 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 no. We didn't have transgender back in the (laughs) nineties. I mean, of course we did, but it was, but it really, it was not that he was, he identified as male. But I don't understand how you would have, what is the, like he could go buy them. Yeah. But I think it was just that like exchange of going up to yes. And like, you know, hey, do you have, and just like maybe knowing that they were flowing or whatever. I don't know. Ew. I, I don't well, know. First of all, well, first of all, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, we always have them because we never know when that's going to happen. See, and that seems like such a hassle. Well, let me tell you, uh, it is, it is. And then sometimes you run out and you don't remember because then you're done, right? And so you don't remember. And then the next time you start, you go in your purse and you're like, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I thought you are doing, you go in your purse and ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. <laughs> you go in your purse and a little trombone goes, <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> there, that's the right sound. What am I doing? <laughs> I do anything Uh, I will tell you about, I was a manager at Build-A-Bear Workshop, (laughs) and there were two people I know. I've had a stellar, I've had an illustrious career. Hang on, hold on, hold on, no, hold that story for one second, because that sounds like a terrible experience, or like the potential of a terrible experience. All those kids, all those parents. It was a fucking nightmare. Now, see, at first it was great. Because sure. I'm a woman child. And right. so and you all want teddy babies. Bears, like, <laughs> yep. Yep. That's all we ever want from birth. We just want as soon as we're born, we're like, when is it my turn? I have all these eggs and every day they just get older. Every day they're unused. Someone fertilize me. This is, this is taking the weirdest turn. So... <laughs> <laughs> and we all want babies. So the next best thing is build a bear workshop. <laughs> Ooh, oh God, I want a baby. Let's all go work at build a bear. They've got a Star Wars line, so it checks two boxes. But me. <laughs> no, okay. So there were okay, two sorry. people that Continue. needed to be fired. Sorry. <laughs> Can we get back to the riveting story now? (laughs) (laughs) This story is not going to be half as exciting as what's taken place previously. There were two people that need to be fired. Mm -hmm. And the other assistant manager, because I had never fired anyone before, and she had. She's like, you you fire this person because she'll be real easy. She'll just be like, yeah, okay, and she'll leave. I'll take this person because I know they're going to put up a fight and it's going to be it's going to be problematic. Well, guess fucking what? The you person the that we thought one. was problematic. Yep, the person that we thought was going to mm. be problematic was like, "Oh yeah, no, I totally deserve it. I was trying to get fired." Okay, see ya. <laughs> and the person I had cried oh, and god. begged for their job. Oh god. And I think at one point I was like, "Okay, you're not fired." <laughs> oh my god, were you in there alone? With them? Yes! Oh my yes! god, that's the worst. And then I was like, do you want a baby? Because that's the only reason you can work here. <laughs> and she's like, I'm too young. And I said, okay, Get out. we have to let you go. <laughs> Get out! Unless you're using these bears as surrogate babies, 
You can't be here. <laughs> Go. We only hire fertile women on their way to spinsterhood. <laughs> it's their little motto, like underneath their the name of the store. <laughs> well, that's their full. That's a very long motto. Yeah, we only they- hire fertile women on their way to spinsterhood. <laughs> and how does that sell bears? It was like- really hard to get that domain name for their website. <laughs> Okay, one more thing. Did you hear that Pixar put out a casting call for a transgender female for their next project? Interesting. Yeah, we don't know what it is, but it's for uh, like a 15 to 17 year old transgender female. Oh, yeah. All right. Lovely. I love it. Yeah. You, you go, Pixar. You go, Pixar. You go, Pixar. <clears throat> I thought you were going to say they were making Toy Story 5, and I was going oh. to throw my computer through my window. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. We only we only accept Toy Story 1 through 3 here in yes. this house. 4 does not exist. I don't want to hear this... about Toy Story 4. Nope. It does not exist. Not in this universe. Not, 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 not in this economy. No. <laughs> not during a pandemic. <laughs> I won't accept it. Oh, uh, anywho. Woo! Ooh, that was a workout. It was a workout. Do we have any emails? <laughs> no, I just checked. Okay. Shall we talk about our lady? Yeah. Who's who's that lady? Who's that lady? Her name is Antonia Colette, but obviously she goes by Tony Colette. But Antonia is just so, just so. It you is know. so, so very. It is so. Um, she was born on November 1st, 1972 in Blackton, New South Wales. Her father, Bob, was a truck driver and her mother was a customer service rep for Courier Service. And she has two brothers, Ben and Chris. On an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Did you watch that show? Who Do You Think You Are? No, I never did. <laughs> who do you think and that's how they said who do you think you are tony collette she learned that her father was possibly born from an extramarital affair between his mother and a u.s navy chief petty officer stationed in australia during world war ii wow norma that's his mother and her husband were going through a divorce and Bob's D- DNA test determined that Stanley, which uh, was Norma's husband, was not his biological father. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Intrigue. Intrigue and espionage. <laughs> no, it's not. In her 20s, she struggled with eating disorders and panic attacks. Um, she said that she shaved her head five times. <laughs> Which apparently is, I don't know, something you go through. She dated Jonathan Rice Myers uh, for about a year before ending their relationship, calling it hedonistic, drunken, and probably dangerous. But to me, that sounds, I mean, everyone has to have that, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're young. Australian. And Australian. (laughs) 
She met musician Dave Galafassi in 2002, and they married in 2003. And they have a daughter, Sage, and a son, Arlo, which I both think are, I think both of those names are absolutely adorable. So sweet. And that's really all I have on her, another person. And I had to dig to find that, okay? So. My, I have, again, very lengthy report. Yes, yes, She's yes. done a lot. She really has. Which I don't, for some reason, have that feeling that she has. But then I was like, oh, right. Oh, yep. Oh, that one. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so she made her television debut in 1988 on a comedy variety show called Blah, Blah, Blah as a singer. That's she- the actual name of it. <laughs> yep. She does yep. have a <laughs> lovely voice. Girl can sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her first acting role was in 1990 on the drama series A Country Practice. We'll continue after these messages. <laughs> Her first professional theater role was as Dabby in Operation Holy Mountain. <laughs> what? In May of 1990. And then she joined the Sydney Theater Company and from December 1990 to February 1991 appeared in A Little Night Music playing Petra which I can, I would love to see Ooh. her play that role, uh, at the Sydney Opera House. And she also performed Cordelia in King Lear in March of 1990. Ooh. In 1992, she made her feature film debut in the ensemble comedy drama Spotswood, which is known in the U.S. as The Efficiency Expert. And that starred Anthony Hopkins and included a then-newcomer named Russell Crowe. For the performance, she earned her first AACTA Award, which is the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Award. Uh, She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And then after that, uh, she, between auditions for roles, she worked part-time delivering pizzas and selling jeans. So I was just nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and now I'm delivering pizzas. The life of an actor. You know. So glamorous. In 1992, her agent alerted her to a proposed film project with a good role. And a year later, Muriel's Wedding was financed and started casting. And although she auditioned on the first day of auditions, she did not get the role until three months later. In preparation Uh for portraying Muriel, she gained 40 pounds in seven weeks. Uh, The film was a critical and commercial success, grossing $15 million in the U.S. on a budget of $9 million. She received, I know, she received her first, that was a huge movie at the time. Mm -hmm. She received her first Golden Globe Award nomination for Best Actress and won uh, an AACTA Award for Best Actress that year. In 1996, she had parts in three critically acclaimed films in, oh, this makes me so sad. In the comedy drama Cosi, which reunited her with Muriel's wedding castmate Rachel Griffiths, she played an actor recovering from drug addiction. Now, I need to sidebar here because yeah. I saw Cosi like when it first came out, which was in 1996. Mm-hmm. Loved every single bingle minute of it. So mm-hmm. was on my short list this week. You watched it before I rewatched it and how much you hated it. And then Joe and I started watching it. And like 10 minutes in, I said, "Um, maybe this movie hasn't aged so well. (laughs) It was terrible. And then we watched probably another 10 minutes of it. And then we just turned it off. Yeah, no, it was terrible. It makes me so sad when you love a movie and then Mm -hmm. you revisit it and it's terrible. 
oh god it was just, i was watching it going why i don't even like i know that we have wildly differing opinions on some stuff but i was like no yeah he, he doesn't like no <laughs> yeah terrible. it was very disappointing yeah for her next film after that it was a drama called lillian's story oh uh, she won her second AACTA award, this time for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. After that, uh, fame loomed in the U.S. She starred alongside Lisa Kudrow, Parker Posey, and Alana Eubach in Clock Watchers. For her supporting role in The Boys, she won her third AACTA award. And then she appeared in Velvet Goldmine, where she met Jonathan Reese Myers, and they started dating. When Tony Collette received M. Night Shyamalan's script for The Sixth Sense, she feared it would be, quote, a formulaic Hollywood action drama. However, she was so moved by the story and agreed to audition, and she won the role over other actors, including one of the stars of my podcast, People We Hate, Marissa Tomei. Oh. The Sixth Sense grossed $670 million that year on a budget of $40 million. And became the second highest grossing film of 1999 behind Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom. <laughs> it gathered six Academy Award nominations, including hers for Best Supporting Actress and, terribly, to date, her only Oscar nomination. That's crazy. That's bull. Shit. And it she really did is. not win because do you know who she lost to? Marissa Tomei. <laughs> no. Close. Who? The who? star of the second episode of People I Hate, Angelina <laughs> Jolie for Ugh. Girl Interrupted, one of the most overrated performances to win an Oscar. Yeah. Especially, yeah, ugh, I, she's another one, but I have reasons to hate her. She's personally hurt <laughs> <laughs> So that's that. Uh, but she reflected, uh, Tony Collette reflected, there was some definite feelings we all had that it was going to be, somehow be special. It did really well and has been loved by a lot of people. Now, I, of course, saw it at the movies and was completely blown away by the twist and have not visited again. I started to watch it again this past week. And it's su such an interesting experiencing experience watching it, knowing it all. Mm -hmm. And I just I yeah. couldn't finish it. It was just like, it I don't know what. I mean, she's still Because you just knew. And so it was like, eh. Yeah. And then it was just weird. Like, why aren't they talking? I mean, I know why they're not talking to one another. But, you know. And then I was like, she was 27 years old when she made this movie. Crazy. Really? Yeah. When she's, oh, when they're in the car. In the car. Oh, my God. It's such and the best And he tells scene. her, and she's talking about her mother. Oh, uh -huh. my God. And he is so good. <gasps> Haley yeah. Joel Osment. So, yeah. so good. In 2000, oh. she made her Broadway debut uh, in my, John, uh, Michael John Lucchese's The Wild Party, the correct version of The Wild Party. The role was originally written for Vanessa Williams. But it went to Tony Clett after Vanessa Williams was unavailable. The show was not a hit, but she was nominated for a Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. And the oh. show closed after only 68 performances. Ew. And sadly, she turned down the title role in Bridget Jones's Diary because of her schedule on Broadway. Aww. I know. What could have been? 
In 2002, she appeared in The Hours, which is my favorite film of all time. Really? Yes. And about a boy. And for that film, she garnered a BAFTA nomination for Best Supporting Actress. She then played the lead role in Japanese Story in 2003. That movie is so fucking good. It's devastating. It's so, so good. I don't even think I've heard of it. Joe and I saw it at the Detroit Film Theater inside the DIA. It's mm-hmm. so good. The performance led to reviewers welcoming her return to lead roles. Uh, the first since Muriel's Wedding, by the way. And wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? She won Best Actress at the AACTAs that year for Japanese Story. Following that, she appeared in Connie and Carla, In Her Shoes, Little Miss Sunshine, The Night Listener, Fright Night Remake, The Way Way Back, which we talked about in our Maya Rudolph episode, Tammy, oh, and that's so sad, her and Tammy, it's such a small role, Uh, Krampus, Hereditary, for which many, many people felt like she should have been nominated for an Oscar that year. But the Oscar does not like, like to acknowledge horror films. No, they don't like horror films. They 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 sort of are okay with comedies. Yeah, but uh, horror, and they don't really. like superhero movies either. Right. Um, however, she did win the Detroit Film Critics Society Award that year for Best Actress for oh. And then, of course, she was in Knives Out, and her latest film, Stowaway, drops today <gasps> on the Netflix. Shut the front door. With her and Anna Kendrick as oh. astronauts on the way to Mars. Is it a comedy? No. Wow. Uh, it probably will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you see Knives Out? Yes. Did you like Knives Out? I did. Oh, thank God. Okay, because I love Knives Out. And now, you know, Netflix paid like $400 million for two more of them. Right, but it's going to be, it's following him. Yeah, It's Daniel going to have Craig. nothing to do with, yeah, it's going to have yeah. nothing to do with the family, which makes sense. They couldn't, yeah. but her, I love her in it. I, I love all of them in it. Yeah, I do too. It's so good. It's such a fun movie. It's so fun. Jamie Lee Curtis, I just love Jamie Lee Curtis too. Yeah. I'm assuming you know Tony from Muriel's Wedding. Oh, yes. We didn't ask the question. Yes, of course, that's my first memory is Muriel's Wedding. Yes, mine as well, because I think I saw it in the theaters and I was obsessed with it. And um, yeah, then the next thing, it feels like it was The Sixth Sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that and girl just, from Muriel's Wedding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it feels like she's been in everything. Yeah. And I mean, she has. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm I'm not done yet. I still have a lot more to go. I'm sorry. All right, that's fine. I'm so sorry for taking up so much of your time. Um, could you wrap this up, please? <laughs> Can we stop talking about Tony Clatt for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you and Tony Collette all of a sudden? <laughs> what is your fucking obsession with Tony Collette today? It's a little off-putting. <laughs> If we could talk about others, that'd be great. <laughs> Let's talk about Marissa Tomei. <laughs> oh, um, I want to talk about Marissa Tomei. <laughs> in 2006, with encouragement from her husband, Dave Galafasi, uh, she formed Tony Collette and The Finish, a little rock band. Oh. 
in Sydney. And on October 9th, 2006, they released their debut album, Beautiful Awkward Pictures, which is available on various streaming platforms. I listened to some of it last night. Uh, Using her personal life as inspiration, she wrote all 11 tracks on the album, and they toured Australia. Ah. Uh, But they have not performed nor released any new material after 2007. Uh, Is it good? Was it good? Yeah, it's all very mellow. Um, She does a cover of The Last Day of Our Acquaintance, which is the Sinead O'Connor song. One of my favorite songs in the world of all time. Um, But it's the, like, the thing about cover, how do you feel about covers? You know, uh, um, I don't have a thought about them one way or the other because I take them as, I've always taken covers as the person isn't trying to reinvent the wheel. They just really like that song and want to sing it. And so I understand that. Sure. But when there are covers that like totally change it and put it on its ear and make it totally different. I dig those a lot of times. Me too. I love them. I love them. But otherwise I don't, you know, I'm not offended by that. Like remakes of movies sometimes offend me. <laughs> yes. Cause it's like, wh- why, why? Yes. yes. But yeah, when it comes to remakes of songs, it's like, Oh, well they're just doing that because they like that song and they want to sing it. Yeah. But oftentimes I'm like, if it sounds just like the original, I'm like, then what's the point? It's just the same, but it's yeah. just someone else singing it. So right, right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> See, this we, is where, <laughs> we hash that out. This is where, like, I thought I was almost done, and I'm like, oh shit, no, we need to talk about United States of Terra. <clears throat> oh yeah, right. In 2008, she accepted the lead role in the Showtime series The United States of Terra, created by Steven Spielberg and the star of the third episode of my podcast, People I Hate, Diab- <gasps> Diablo. You Cody. hate Steven. Sp- no, Diablo Cody. Oh, I was like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, I don't hate Steven Spielberg. Okay, Diablo Cody. Okay, I'm it's back It's probably on not a good look. I just realized that all three episodes of my podcast, People I Hate, are women. Um, it's not meant to be <laughs> uh, that. And I apologize if that's how it's looking, um, but it's not. I, I'm going to let you in on something. No one gives a fuck who we like or dislike, so <laughs> <know>. it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I just don't. I hated Juno so, so, so much that really? I just hold it against. Yes. It's like, oh, I talk on a hamburger phone. Look how. <laughs> Ugh. I, just, I, smoke, I smoke a pipe. Look at me smoking a pipe, like, talking on a hamburger phone. But you know what? I guess the reason that didn't bother me is because I knew pretentious fucking jerkwads like that. Doesn't so. mean I want to spend time with them in the movies, though. Well, she got hers because she got knocked up. So, (laughs) And then she didn't have to work at Build-A-Bear. For her work on United States of Terra, Tony Collette won both the Emmy Award for Lead Actress in a Comedy Series and the Golden Globe Award for the same category in 2009. And she was nominated for both again the following year. In 2019, she took on the role of Grace Rasmussen in the Netflix miniseries Unbelievable uh, with Merritt Weaver. And for her performance, she received Golden Globe and Emmy nominations for that as well. And she did win the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Movie or Miniseries. 
I'm almost done. After 14 year absence, Tony Collette returned to Broadway in 2014, starring in Will Eno's play The Realistic Joneses, which BJP saw, uh, alongside Michael C. Hall, Tracy Letts, and Marissa Tomei, who <laughs> replaced Parker Posey uh, oh, wow. when they had done the show in at Yale the year before that. Uh, and Parker Posey got rave reviews. Uh, but was replaced for someone with a little more marquee name. But what year was that? 2014. Okay. Parker. Okay. Well, that's stupid. So stupid. And that is my report on Tony Collette. Oh my God. Thank God. So what movie did you I'm watch? I'm sick of talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched Muriel's Wedding. Yay. Now, let me tell you something. I forgot how sad this movie was. Oh, in what way? Well, I mean, the mother. I totally sure. forgot uh, that Rachel Griffith's character become, has cancer. To- that totally. Like, all I remembered was Abba. And I was like, oh, they dance. And that's fun. <laughs> that's like one scene. Okay. One, that's it. That's one scene. <laughs> then, then, they, then we move on into a story. And I was like, oh, but I thought like the whole movie was like them dancing to Abba. <laughs> For two um, hours. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, for two, for just two. <laughs> that would be a terrible movie. Um, it yeah, was released in 1994. Sorry. <laughs> you want to see that? See uh, it was released in 1994, starring Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths. It was Griffiths' first role and Tony Collette's second. Collette got a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress. She had to gain 40 pounds for the role. The director, PJ Hogan, intended to take three months and search Australia for an unknown to play Muriel. Colette was the first or second person to read, and he was irritated because as soon as she read, he was like, there she is, I found her. But because of his irritation, he made her wait the full three months until he told her that she got the role. Which is like, wow, dude, all right. That's just mean. <laughs> that That's just, that's mean. Uh... So in case you've never seen Muriel's Wedding, which I find hard to believe, but Tony Collette uh, plays Muriel and she is obsessed with getting married, you know, to a successful hot man and that like her whole identity is getting married and she has these girlfriends you know, they're the popular girls, the asshole girls. And not that being popular automatically makes you an asshole, but there is that that category of popular asshole. Yeah, these girls those, are those assholes. people. They are fucking assholes. And somehow she's friends with them. I don't really understand how. Yeah, I agree um, with you there as well. The whole time I was like, what? Because what? And I just watched it today. I think I remember. She. No, she wasn't a bridesmaid. Bridesmaid at the so the wedding. So the movie starts where she is at the wedding of one of these asshole friends, and she walks in on one of the bridesmaids uh, screwing the new husband. And then there's this um, this real Karen at the wedding, and she this was very fantastical as well. She calls the police because she sees Muriel's dress and knows that it was stolen. The police come to the wedding <laughs> and arrest her. 
because that's how that works. <laughs> maybe like, that's how they do it over there in Australia. I, uh, maybe, maybe they just have nothing going on. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And so we meet her family and they're basically, her siblings are a bunch of losers. Her father is just this asshole. And her mother is that abused wife who you can tell that she knows she deserves better, but she just wants to make everything work. And so she kind of just does whatever he says and tries to make the children do what he says. And all of the children are unemployed. The father has this friend, Deidre, and she basically is like an Avon lady or a Mary Kay lady. And she's going to get Muriel a job. And so the, the mother gives her a blank check to buy the necessary cosmetics from this woman so she can then resell them. And so uh, she makes a blank ch- check to cash. And so Muriel takes it and she steals money. And she goes on this holiday where she knows these asshole girlfriends are going to be. And at this holiday, she meets Rachel Griffith again because they went to high school together. They become fast friends. They do the ABBA uh, choreography, which is one scene and not a whole movie. <laughs> and, <laughs> but then they change each other's lives. And I remember re-watching this movie. I remember why I loved it so much and why it sort of held a different memory in my brain from what it really is, is because it's about those platonic love affairs that you have with specific friends because this girl changes Muriel's life and they're just so fun to get like Muriel runs away from her family and moves to Sydney and moves in with this girl and they just have the best time and she comes out of her shell and then this girl gets cancer and Muriel starts to take care of her and it's just so beautiful But then this weird thing happens. I was very unclear on this. And maybe you can offer me some clarity. Because Muriel wants to get married. She is looking for uh, people in the want ads, like the men seeking women kind of stuff. And she finds this guy who needs to get married because he wants to go to the Olympics. Yeah, but he's not a citizen of Australia. He's from South Africa. Okay. And that's what I thought. I don't know if I zoned out. I don't know what it was. I was like, I didn't think you needed to be married to go to the Olympics. Maybe it's a new. It's the married Olympics only. So I was very confused for a few minutes and I figured it out because I was like, that has to be why. But I just I was not 100% sure. (laughs) So she marries this person and she has all these asshole girls as her bridesmaids and Rachel Griffith has turned her down because she is a changed person because Muriel is a changed person. She doesn't like who she's become. Muriel ditches her to move in with this guy. So now Rachel Griffiths has to go back to Porpoise Spit, which is just (laughs) the funniest name for a city ever. She has to go back to Porpoise Spit with her mother because now um, she is paralyzed. And so she needs help uh, because she had a tumor on her spine. And so uh, the movie goes on from there. Muriel finds herself. Her dad is an asshole. Her mother kills herself, which I have forgotten. I love her mother. It was so sad. And oh, so sad. She's so sweet. Um, She is so sweet. Her brother. Oh yeah, that piece of shit. And her Matter sister, fact, 
You're terrible, Muriel. You're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> and at first, and I remember thinking this the first time I watched the movie too, because at first you're like, oh, she's going to be a problem. But she's not. Like, no. she just, she's kind of like in honor. Oh, you're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh. she, like she almost admires that. Oh, you're Yes, yes, Muriel. yes. Oh, Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have terrible haircuts. Yeah so that is muriel's wedding i still love it i just love it differently now i thought it was i thought it was more lighthearted. it's been i haven't seen it since 1994 wow yeah yeah so i yeah. had forgotten it's really lovely it's it really has that sort of feel of like 90s australian yes. comedies like um strictly ballroom did you ever see that I did not. It's very much that very, like the girls, the girlfriends are all very like garish and like, you know, sort of like these weird faces. Mm -hmm. It's so sweet though. And she's just so good. So good. And also when she finally gets her hair cut, I'm like, Jesus, she has gorgeous red hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that Rachel Griffiths has ever been more endearing and fun. Oh, so good. In a movie or a TV show. I'm looking at you six feet under. Oh boy. I didn't see, I didn't watch six feet under. I dipped in and out of it. I didn't watch it religiously, which is so odd for me. I, I never dip in and out of things, but I did that. Uh And also nip tuck for some reason. Um, Okay. Okay. But yeah, it um, also uh, was turned of course, into a musical in Australia. But I will say the score is so, I love the score. I listen to it often. Really? Yeah, it's really fun music. The only, the biggest problem I have with it, of course, I've not seen it, but they take the boy who she meets at the video store, who like him, Bryce, I think is his name, and they really beef up his role. And so Mm. it really turns into a love story between those two and less about the female friendship. And see, that's what's so amazing about the movie is that platonic love affair of just meeting that friend who just you're obsessed with each other in the best way and they change your life and they bring out the best parts of you and they don't judge you for the worst parts of you. That's why that movie is so good. So that's kind of disappointing that they didn't keep with that it is very disappointing and that's like but other than that the score is like super super fun and i love it it's got one of the best sort of i want songs you know the the type of song like the part of your world or one of those types of songs at the wedding when it's called i I caught the bouquet it's just it's lovely it's just a lovely show i would love to see it i will um get it too if you can't find it anywhere okay Okay. But yeah, it's just lovely. And I love the um, when they were, they're doing the ABBA song at the talent show and they're doing mm-hmm. the whole face thing. Yes. It's so fun. I just love it. I love it so much. And I love when uh, Muriel's sort of nervous at first and then she gets into it. Yes. And yeah. like really sells it. It's just so cute. Yeah. And then it's I like so good when that girl has the black eye. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, and then she turns into Mario for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's super nice. And I love that she and her husband have that moment at the end mm-hmm. after her mother dies. And at yes. her wedding when she like doesn't see her mother there with the present. That's so sad. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I just love it so much. It just makes, it just gives you the feels as the kids say today. It does. It really does. Now, what did you watch? Tell the people. Well, people, I watched a film called In Her Shoes. Yes. Directed by Curtis Hansen, the great Curtis Hansen, who is now no longer with us. Mm. Uh, he directed Eight Mile and L.A. Confidential. I love a director who does such different kinds of films. And I meant to talk about this last week in the Emma Thompson episode. Ang Lee also does that yes. so well. Like yes. just Sense and Sensibility was so well done. He also did The Ice Storm. They, mm-hmm. Those movies could not be more different. Mm-hmm. And of course, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. the Life of Pi. I just, I admire that so much. Yes. Um, but In Her Shoes opened October 7th, 2005. And this is from IMDb. Straight Laced Rose, who is played by Tony Collette, breaks off relations with her party girl sister Maggie, who is played by Cameron Diaz, over an indiscretion involving Rose's boyfriend. The chilly atmosphere is broken with the arrival of Ella, the grandmother neither sister knew existed. First of all, it was so weird seeing Cameron Diaz again, because uh, since she's retired, you don't yeah. see her anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I had to look it up and realize that her last film was Annie. And I told you oh that God. probably would make me retire from film also. <laughs> uh, but that was in 2014. So that was seven years ago since we've had Cameron Diaz to kick around. Wow. Now, my, I, I do like this movie. I do. I liked it in the end. At first, I was very angry with you. Yes. Well, and here's, and this might be why. Because the biggest hurdle in this film for someone to get behind, to really invest in it, is that you have to believe that Tony Collette is fat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm so, I'm so sorry, everybody, that we keep having to discuss this. Because with Muriel's wedding, and she did gain 40 pounds, but people calling her a fat pig, like, that's just, like, so fucking ridiculous. And then when Cameron Diaz calls her a fat pig in this movie, but such a real moment of, oh, is that all you got? You're my sister. There's nothing else you could say. Because I've had that conversation before, too. Like, oh, that's all you got? Like, anyone can see that. If you really want to hurt me, like, let's find something else. Yeah. Like, that's too obvious, buddy. And that, like, she gained, she did gain 25 pounds for this movie. But, like, I told Joe, like, she probably went from 95 pounds to, like, 120. Right. So she looks totally, like, quote, unquote, normal. Like, just a regular sized American right. woman in right. this film. And, I mean, of course, anyone can have issues with their body, regardless of what weight they are. 100%. But I also, I read this book back when it came out, and the character of Rose in the book is a much, she's written as a much larger woman, who I envision someone like Chrissy Metz. Um, Oh, wow. And the reason why the shoes are so important to her is because she is such a larger woman, she can't fit into like designer clothes and so the shoes are the only thing that she can fit into and so that's why they're so important to her oh 
So she buys, she spends all her money on designer shoes because she can't fit into the clothes. And that I think is such a deeper meaning for all of this. If she's a much larger woman. Because then it's like, oh, well, even and Cameron Diaz being skinny or whatever and beautiful can have whatever. And not only that, but she can also fit into those shoes. Exactly. So she can have it all. And then like Rose right. is like, and I, and I can only fit into these fucking shoes. And so don't <sighs> touch my fucking shoes. See, that makes much more sense now. Yes. Yes. So that was my biggest pet peeve with this film. But I did end up like I, I did end up enjoying it again. I thought that Tony Clit was spectacular in this movie. Yes, she really is. I enjoyed Cameron Diaz. I thought all three of them were. I thought Shirley McLean was great. It was yes. so nice to see her again as well. Your boyfriend Mark Fierstein. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and his character, because he's supposed to be the and this actually makes more sense too. Because his character is supposed to be, you know, the good guy because uh, she has an affair with another associate at her law firm and he turns out to be an asshole and sleeps with her sister and blah, blah, blah. And so he's supposed to be the good guy that loves her for her. and yeah, But he's he's a dick. Why do you say that? The way he speaks to her, I, I just didn't like, I just didn't like it. He just, he wasn't as nice as he is supposed portrayed to be i didn't think like i just can't like just breaking up with her because he can't deal with the sister i don't know yeah no i totally agree with that as well yeah it's not like he's seeing her through substance abuse or seeing her through a mental health crisis or something like that she has an annoying sister (laughs) okay and he's like well i just can't i can't marry you like this (laughs) yeah i one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So I so I did have a problem with that because he's supposed to. But but if she was cast as a bigger person, it would make it sadder, but make more sense that she was with that he was the version of a good guy sure, that yep. she felt she deserved. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, and then yep. the perfect ending would be her dumping him and being like, it doesn't matter. I can have so, but st- yeah, no, I was like, uh, and he orders for her at the but shut right. up, shut the fuck up. Uh, maybe if it was played by someone different, <laughs> just to fuck him. I don't know why. I have a specific thing in my head. I don't know. I just don't like it anyway. Um, but I did end up liking it at the end. I'm glad, but yeah, it's yeah. like that for me. That's just the main thing. It's like she's not fat. Like, and, and I get that she can think that she's fat, but then it doesn't make, I mean, I guess it could make sense if Cameron Diaz's character knew that she had this sort of body dysmorphia thing that she would call her a fat pig just because she knows, well, I know that you think you're fat, so I'm going to capitalize on that. Right. But it right. just makes much more sense to me if it's, if you actually use, you know, someone who's not 120 pounds and then they think they're fat. Right. Like if that was... If that's how they justified it, that would be perfectly fine. But in the movie, they don't touch on that. Right. It's just like we take it as fact that she's a fat woman. Right. Because she's not Cameron Diaz. I think that's what we're supposed to base everything. Well, she's not Cameron Diaz. Therefore, she's fat and ugly. And Cameron Diaz is in a bikini for, you know, when she gets to Florida. You know, so we see her body is on display. 
Right. Whereas, you know, and Tony Collette does lose weight throughout the course of the film, but it's never like she's never sexualized like Cameron Diaz is. Right. I do love the I love how they talk to Cameron Diaz, the little old ladies, though, when they're like, we know we know what you're about, but they still like her, <laughs> yeah. but they don't let her get away with shit. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a spoiled fucking brat. Anyway, so this is what. <laughs> And I love like when Sherman McLean gets the cable and they all watch like Sex in the City to try to oh trap God. her to like spend time with them. Yes. It's super sweet. Yes. It was very sweet. <clears throat> I did like it in the end, but yeah, there are, yeah, that makes much more sense now, yeah. but it all, it's also irritating. Like there were no fat act. I mean, listen, I love Tony Collette. For sure. There were no fat actresses. And if you wanted Tony Collette, that's 100% fine. But then you have to make it clear what's happening. Yes. You can't just let us assume that we think she's fat because she's not Cameron Diaz. Exactly. And I remember at the time when this was announced or whatever that she was cast. And I was like, that's not right. And then I remember reading that she was hesitant about gaining weight because of Muriel's wedding. And now I know that she had eating disorder, which I didn't, of course, know that at the time. Right. But so I guess the cap was the 25 pounds that she agreed to. But I mean, obviously, I mean, she's, you know, she's not like fucking Christian Bale and going to gain 100 pounds and then lose 200 pounds or whatever. Right. But yeah, I just I wish that it would have been handled differently. It would be interesting to see it handled differently. Yeah. Just a a story shift would have been. Enough. Now, this is interesting. It was originally planned to have Tony Collette play Maggie, the Cameron Diaz role. Oh. And Sarah Michelle Geller as Rose. Okay. <laughs> like, who? Like, wh- what? Okay. Now, I love me some Sher- Sher- Shara. <laughs> I love me some Shara. I love me some Sarah Michelle Geller. I actually adore her. Is she a great actress? No. I just like her, but that is insanity. That yeah. makes less sense. I don't see that at all. At all. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. I was reading some reviews for this and like this next review is from a, a blog. I don't even remember. I think it's real reviews. R E E L reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one thing I hate about, and you'll see where I'm going with this. So the quote that I pulled is some movies are simply made for women is the first line. And heterosexual men have no hope of appreciating them. Do you like shoes? False sentimentality? Something that mistakes generalizations for insight? Then In Her Shoes is the film for you. Curtis Hansen's slack follow-up to his rapper hero worship outing 8 Mile is a disappointing look at sisterhood based on the Chick novel by Jennifer Weiner. Okay. A frequently saccharine and false motion picture in her shoes wants to elicit tears it never earns and tie everything together into a tidy bundle. Okay, so, like, I hate this whole gender thing that still goes on, like, chick flicks. I hate it. Um, I'm sure that there are heterosexual men who thought this movie was just fine. Right. So that is annoying to me. But then I read this uh, review in uh, Rolling Stone from Peter Travers. And he said, uh, Diaz and Colette are sensational and McLean underplaying to marvelous effect does her best acting in years, but it's Hanson's astute directing that makes the film's life lessons go down painlessly, turning this smartly entertaining in her shoes into a comfy fit for both sexes. As nice. I thank you, Peter Travers. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, uh... 
my and I meant to say this last week as we were talking about Emma Thompson, my ex. I remember, I think it was when we watched Sense and Sensibility, and I just was like, God, she's just so beautiful. She, Emma Thompson is just so gorgeous. And he's like, she's like woman gorgeous. Like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, women find her gorgeous, but Ugh. she's not gorgeous to men. I was like, that's dumb and red flag number 9327 <laughs> like what a dumbass thing what, what this doesn't make any fucking oh okay Ooh, i'm gonna get yeah. myself going um <laughs> that is a dumb thing and it shows so much about the person saying it than anything else exactly yeah. exactly and people can like like my i am obsessed with the oceans 13 movies the mission impossible movies and i don't even I don't know that I even like Tom Cruise, but if Mission Impossible's on, I'm watching it. If Marvel's on, I'm watching it. If Star Wars is on, I'm watching it. If Sense and Sensibility is on, I'm watching it. Like, we can all like some of the same things. Yes, certain people are going to lean towards certain things more, but like, because you know what the problem is, is because he makes it sound, that first guy makes it sound like, if you like frivolous, stupid things. Right. If you're a woman if and you you're a, like dumb things like women do. Right. If you like shoes and your dream is to work at Build-A-Bear, you'll love this movie. <laughs> because you're barren. Then because you'll you're, love it. <laughs> because you're barren. Um, but if you're a man who likes serious things like the Fast and the Furious, you're right. just not going to get into this. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, infuriating. And it's tired. And it's just like, just stop. I mean, I know this was 16 years ago, but I don't care. I'm going to go back in time and slap you across your face. (laughs) You just show up in a time machine and slay. And he's like, first of all, who are you? (laughs) I know what you're writing and stop it. (laughs) (laughs) He rewrites it. Uh, Yeah, that's so dumb. But that's very interesting that she was, hmm. I don't mind that it didn't go that deep with the weight thing, but whatever. But then it just should have been taken out altogether. Yeah. Because it just seems like in the movie, it's like, oh, she, for some reason, is obsessed with these shoes that she never wears. Right. So that's just, it was a disconnect for me. Yeah. Because even Cameron Diaz said, you know, these shoes deserve a life. They yeah. need to go, you know, whatever. And she doesn't. Yeah, that's so strange. That makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I still liked it. I didn't like it until the end. Because at first I texted you and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> And I hate you. And I and hate that, Cameron Diaz. And and then I made you watch Cozy. And I was like, okay, so wow. <laughs> Podcast canceled. I don't know what he's doing to me. Um, oh, but I did watch another thing that I hated on you for. Listen, the day I watched these movies, I woke up on the run. As I'm watching these movies, I'm like, I broke I was crabby that day. I have no idea why. It's like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> because I watched Howard's End and I was like, this is garbage. Oh. I don't care about these people. It's endlessly boring. Oh. This is stupid. Why would any lone, anyone love Anthony Hopkins? And why would Vanessa Redgrave just give her house to this person? But I just hated it. But then I watched Remains of the Day and I loved it. Good. I'm glad. So I think I was just surly. I don't know if I needed sugar or I don't know. I was just everything I hated that day. And I was like, how dare he? And how dare they make these movies? She's so good in Howard's End. 
she's yes she is but she's good in everything she is but then helena bonham carter's in it and all i could think is yeah. emma thompson watch out because in a couple years she's gonna steal your man <laughs> that's all i could think the entire time and i wanted to like go back in time and go to that movie set slap helena bonham carter <laughs> i know what you're doing. a home wrecker and stop it I know what you're, I know going, what you're to gonna do. do. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're going to do, but I know what you're going to do. I know I what you're you going to, to do. Feel next this summer. slap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So Tony Collette. So she's just a gen- and she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous she to look at. Just love her so she much. Really is. I love her. I just love her so much. Who are we talking about next week that we love? Well, Not Marissa Tomei, I would I would guess. I had someone in mind, but I changed my mind. Um, I made a deal with myself. If this person that I'm about to tell you comes up one more time, I'm going to have to go with that as a, as a gift from God. Oh, oh, okay. So since this person uh, came up uh, two weeks ago also and several times today, we just have to talk about Parker Posey. All right. I love it. And then I'll save my other one for the next time. All right. Parker Posey. Oh, totally unrelated. I started watching Chad, too. Oh, my God. I totally forgot to ask you about it. Oh, you don't like it. Um, I haven't watched it enough to make a final. You know what? I watched that that day, too. It was the oh, same day. So yeah. I got to go rewatch. I yeah. was in a wrong mind frame. I just didn't like the arts that day. I don't know what it was. Down with I wasn't the arts. into it. I was down with I was like, boo! Boo <laughs> creativity! I don't like it. Maybe it was jealousy. I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah, I was watching. T- I didn't hate it. It didn't, it didn't make me want to kill people, but I was just like, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, we watched the third one last night. I just... I love it. It makes me laugh. I just think it's so sweet. All right. All right. I'll I'll try it again. I got to the scene where it's the sister's birthday, but he's getting gifts too. Cause that's just and I was just like, this kid's a fucking asshole. And I couldn't take it anymore. I turned it off. <laughs> oh, that's the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you watch the Did first I watch one. The first whole episode? See, I don't even remember. I gotta go back and start over. Yeah. I gotta do it. I was in I was in a bad mind frame. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Anyway. Get some sugar. Get some sugar, sugar. And enjoy it. Sugar, sugar. Um, well, this was delightful. It was again. Again, we'll it's just a delight. Next week, if you want to write us, whatever, three of any ladies, gmail like, oh. <laughs> uh, or you can also Follow us on the Insta, 3funnyladies.com. Rate us, like us, follow us, download us, subscribe. I don't know what i don't know what rate do. review subscribe rrs oh oh nice nice Errs. Errs. what is rss something to do with texting sure does it have to do with hashtagging <laughs> am i hashtagging <laughs> i love those commercials oh my god they are the best i love dr rick when, when she's like live laughing <laughs> I love when we used to like uh, quinoa and that one guy's like Joaquin, like he's just so <laughs> confident in what it is. No, that's not. <laughs> Did I hashtag just that? <laughs> the way he turns and just like, uh, it's brilliant. That so is some funny. good marketing, except yeah. it's not. Cause I don't remember what it's for. Progressive. Oh, prog- <laughs> I just remember. Well, it's good for marketing for that actor, not for what he's selling. 
<laughs> BJP oh, has I... the RSS answer for us. Yes. It stands for really simple syndication. Oh. So there you go. Thanks. Oh. Clears it right up. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what on that it? note. On really that note. Standard. Simple whatever. syndication. So rate, RSS, review, everybody. Subscribe. Rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. RSS. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs> 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 <